Thank you for downloading the PR Week, PR Week's weekly podcast. For more podcasts as well as breaking news, visit PRWeek.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 2022 PR Week Awards. Are we ready to win some awards tonight? What was so clear from all the work that was judged this year is that we are doing work that truly matters. It's the first time we've done this for three long years. We've missed these in-person events and we've really come to appreciate them. We're going to have a great night. Hello and welcome to the PR Week, PR Week's regular weekly roundup of everything that matters in the worlds of PR and communications. My name's Steve Barrett. I'm the editorial director of PR Week, going to guide you gently, super gently through this week's podcast because it's the hangover edition. It's the morning after the PR Week Awards, our first live in-person awards for three years. Can you believe that? 2019 was the last time we convened and we have a superb evening at Cipriani Wall Street celebrating the PR industry, the Oscars of PR with 700 of the top practitioners in the industry and the PR Week and Haymarket Media teams, including my guests today, Frank Washgook, who's our executive editor and a leader stam, our senior reporter. So, Frank, how are you doing this morning? How's I'm the, doing great. Thanks for head? having me on. How's the head? Oh, doing fine. And a leader, we got to meet you for the first time in person after two years working with you. It was the highlight of the evening for myself and Frank. I know that for sure. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, swollen ankles notwithstanding, you know? <laughs> yes. Full night of standing um, in heels. Yeah. And uh, of course, you are expecting a baby. So um, there was. Uh, it was great to see you in person and really, really just a fantastic evening across the board, um, which we'll get into. And it, it capped a, an incredible week, actually, for PR Week, because we rang the closing bell at NASDAQ on Wednesday It's to sort of mark the awards, which is something we've done before, and that was good fun. We got a bunch of people there from the industry, too. Always good to be on the Jumbotron, Frank. It's uh, It's been a fun week all round, hasn't it? What, what did you make of it all in terms of... Uh, you know, getting the industry back together because we've had events, haven't we? But this is the first real biggie. Yeah, it is. And, you know, the thing you hear from people over and over again is that it's nice to actually be networking, which, you know, is something a lot of people dread. And it's nice for everybody to see each other. And um, it's it's a sounds a bit cheesy, but it's true. You can uh, really get a, a sense of the vibe at both events that people are just happy to be in the same place again after the past few years. Yeah, there was some furious networking going on, wasn't there? It was like they were squeezing three years networking into one evening. And, uh, you know, everyone's always up and about walking around rather than sitting at their table eating their meal. But today, uh, last night was even more than ever. And um, it was it was good fun. Alina, it was your first um, first experience of it. What did you think? And uh, how, did, how was it to actually meet people in person in the industry that you've been speaking to for all this time? It was exciting, but it was almost like uh, like a, a puzzle throughout most of the night because I'm, as you mentioned, I onboarded during the pandemic. And so I have never seen any of these people in real life. I just know what they look like on Zoom or via their headshots. And so with everyone all done up and in their tuxes and their beautiful gowns, it was sometimes you're like, is that the person I think it is? And then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have to go introduce yourself and hope that you guessed right. <laughs> Yeah, but I was thinking that anyway, because there's people, so many people have had image changes, right, over the over the pandemic. You know, there's um, Josh Ernest was there, the former White House press secretary, who is head of communications at United Airlines. He's now sporting a beard like a lot of us. So, uh, Frank, it took us a while to realize that was Josh, didn't it? And um, 
Craig Bukholz at GM has had a bit of a, a makeover as well. So there are lots of people who you think, is that who I, who I think it is? Yeah, some people look a lot different uh, in person than they do on Zoom, that's for sure. And especially when they're dressed up, you're used to seeing people in sweatshirts for the past couple of years. That's, so it takes a minute. That's so true. The Communicator of the Year winner for 2022 from Sharon Says So is Sharon McMahon. Now, Alida, let's talk about our Communicator of the Year because um, you were one of the people who nominated Sharon McMahon. And um, first of all, uh, we'll get to you, you telling us about her and, and, and what sort of uh, impresses you so much about her. But she, she got mistaken for someone last night as well, didn't she? Yes, she did. Uh, when I introduced myself to her for the first time, uh, she said that she had had two people come up to her and ask uh, to take pictures with their husbands because they thought that she was Adele. <laughs> that was brilliant. Yeah, she put that on her Instagram. And um, for those who don't know, then tell tell the, the people about Sharon and what she's done and why we chose her as Communicator of the Year, because we wanted to make a statement this year, didn't we? Yes, definitely. And she, she, I think, helped encom uh, encompass what uh, 2020, 2021 has really been about. Um, she's a retired government teacher from Minnesota who organically grew her Instagram audience to now um, almost 715,000 people by educating them in objective ways about government, public policy, and current events. She sort of markets herself as America's government teacher. I regularly post videos from my bathroom while I'm wearing a bathrobe, blending my carefully applied Charlotte Tilbury while explaining that the Constitution doesn't actually allow Texas to secede, contrary to what every single person in Texas believes. Some of y'all are probably from Texas. So she holds regular educational uh, government for grown-ups workshops. She's launched a very successful podcast, the Sharon Says So podcast, in the last year. She also does a lot of fundraising. So she has a governor grant fund for those needing funds to start small businesses. She also does ridiculously successful giving programs during the holiday season. This past year, she raised almost her and her... Um, her followers raised almost half a million dollars to give away to those in need. And she's currently doing the same thing to raise money for those in Ukraine. So her base is very well organized and they're always excited to learn new things about the government. You know, like I said, public policy and whether or not uh, Texas can secede and all those silly questions. We're sort of afraid to ask anyone uh, about our Google search bar. Yeah, and she's very much nonpartisan, isn't she? So that's her thing too, and I think that's something. That's one of the reasons we wanted to celebrate her as well, because I think we need a lot more of that in not only in the states but in the whole the world in general. Certainly, she really does give off that vibe of being a teacher. Um, so even when she's explaining questions that you think are are silly questions, she always makes you you think like, no, that's it's important because other people might not know this. And um, she's very non judgmental. And when things start to get kind of heavy, like all the situations around Ukraine, she's keeping everyone her followers up to date. She'll then you know cut to a few pictures of um, whales or her favorites, or you know following like an eagle cam bald eagle cam or something should show something about manatees or just something to sort of lighten the mood because you know news these days are is very heavy yeah it is and you know i think that's worth uh, reinforcing that the whole event was in the context of two years of covid when you know we've lost a million americans 
And it's been a tough time for everybody. I think everyone in the room will have known someone, whether a family member, a friend, a colleague, or uh, who's been impacted directly by COVID. And we've had uh, situations where people can't go to funerals, where they can't see their families, they can't see their parents, grandparents. So, uh, And then we've obviously got the frightening situation in Ukraine, which is really distressing. And, uh, you know, our thoughts are with the Ukrainian people. So um, we were definitely in... Whilst it was a night of celebration, I think everybody was also very conscious of that, that it was getting back together and some people weren't able to be there. So that was also a part of the evening, too. And um, so, Alida, Sharon's followers are known as governors, aren't they? Um, is it, are you a governor? I just wanted to clarify. Yes, I would definitely consider myself a governor. <laughs> How about you, Frank? Because, I mean, you know this stuff already. You're You're an expert, aren't you? Uh, I I hadn't heard the term before this. I have to admit, but um, but yeah. All right, but we'll leave yeah, that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not a governor. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but I but I I enjoy her work. So yeah, it was great, and uh, I think it was something we, you know, uh, maybe Sharon is not as high profile as Michael Phelps, but she's doing really important work that is well worth just as worthy of celebration, and it's really important work. It, Things like bringing her podcast together to, uh, you know, have interviews with uh, people from both sides of the political divide, interviewing the country's one of the youngest mayors in the country and things like that. So who is going to take home the trophy and the title for agency of the year, Steve? It's Fleischman Hillard. Frank, tell us about the agency of the year, which is always a big high profile trophy, isn't it? And, And much, much sought after. Yeah, for sure. And the big winner this year was Fleischman Hillard, uh, which also won the extra large agency of the year. So uh, to their credit, uh, $157 million in new business, 344 new clients. And, you know, and one thing that really comes out in their entry is how many of their clients are very long term. So Hallmark has been with them for more than three decades, AT&T for almost three decades, Johnson & Johnson for 28 years. Uh, and it's worth noting the the true mosaic uh, DEI program that they have put together, uh, something judges were really enthusiastic about. So, really, I mean, a, a great, I, I don't want to say a bounce back from the pandemic year because, you know, they've been building on this stuff for a while, but, but a really strong year for Fleischmann, I think a really well deserved uh, award for them. Um, you know, you look at the entry, a super impressive entry. So, you know, kudos to them. Yeah, it's, it's, a- tough tough category to win and they won the extra large agency ahead of edelman which was the honorable mention and very tough competition this year for sure and uh golin ketchman weber shamwick were the other three finalists so a really tough competition and they came through that and then won the overall uh agency of the year with xeno group winning large agency uh devries global bouncing back and doing really well on the night with small agency and uh, Just Drive Media winning Boutique Agency. And Lippy Taylor won mid-sized agency, Frank. They had a good night all round, didn't they? Because they, I think they won four awards in total, if you include their subsidiary 12 notes. That's right. Um, yeah, and they also won for uh, Best DE&I Transformation. So, like you said, a good night for them. Yep, for sure. And ladies and gentlemen, PR Week's Outstanding Campaign of the Year for 2022 goes to... Kingsford and Current Global. Talk to us about the campaign of the year, Alida, because that's the sort of 
cream and creme de la creme. That's the case study that we uh, put out there that everyone aspires to emulate. And uh, it was a real, really good one as usual this year. It was, yes. We had mentioned, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic, but one of the other things that came out of 2020 and 2021 was this uh, discussion about racial justice and equality. And so this campaign, which was won by Kingsford and Current Global, the Preserve the Pit campaign, addressed this through, you know, Kingsford's lens of outdoor grilling. And it put the spotlight... Hold on a second. Losing your I apologize. I apologize. You can't even blame that on the drinking, can you? <laughs> no, but there was a lot of talking. Yes, um, that's true. There was a lot of dry ice at the end as well. It was like going to a 70s rock concert, but there you go. <laughs> you missed that, I think. Yes. Uh, so the campaign um, put the spotlight on black pitmasters um, that have played huge parts both in the culinary history of America and the social history of the country's black population. So the centerpiece of the campaign was uh, this launch video that drew on like a poetic spoken word style to recount the history of black barbecue in a powerful way. This is the hole in the ground where enslaved Africans gathered to keep themselves whole grasping tightly to the roots of their heritage through food. And it also launched a fellowship uh, that saw more than 300 applicants and garnered more than 100 million impressions coverage across the country, both from uh, black media outlets and also, you know, mainstream media. And it was all about recentering uh, the discussion about, you know, this this traditional American cuisine and the history that black people have in it and how they're still a huge part of it today. Yeah, terrific piece of work. Really, really terrific. And Frank, I'm guessing the folks at Ketchum and Omnicom are going to be pretty happy this morning as well because they took a, a tranche of awards home. Yeah, you're correct. It's a, a big night for all of the Omnicom agencies. And, and Ketchum, you know, is always just a, a standout firm at award shows, you know, whether it's us or Can or, or wherever. But it, it's, you know, a good night for Ketchum, a good night for Omnicom, all, you know, especially Fleischmann. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, terrific. I, I'm assuming the PR Week Awards will be getting a, a shout out in uh, John Wren's next earnings call. So looking forward to uh well, hope so. Yeah. yeah. Hunt, what was his famous phrase about PR? More hunters, few, fewer gatherers. Fewer, fewer farmers. Fewer, fewer farmers, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, Ketchum won a bunch of awards. Fleischmann won Agency of the Year. And, um, yeah, it was uh, it was a good night all around for them. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, also on the sort of diversity front, it was good to see the Joy Collective win again for um for their campaign, which um, you know was uh, was our campaign of, of the year last year, the, the work with Unilever on the Crown Act, so National Crown Day. So it's good to see them win. Another one that stood out, Frank, was Washington State Department of Health and C plus C with their Vaccinate Washington campaign, and obviously a lot of the work reflected work around um, uh, COVID and, and information around that, health information and health communications. Yeah, and it, it made me think back to very early on in the pandemic and to all of the praise that uh, Washington's Governor Jay Inslee was getting at the time for uh, for that state's handling of the pandemic very, very early on. And it was interesting to sort of see that encapsulated in this entry uh, of how they use technology to um, 
you know, encourage behaviors that would would stop the spread of the virus. Um, and, you know, it, we can all remember back then just how important these notification tools were, um, yeah, you know, absolutely. especially at the, the, the peak of the pandemic. Yeah, really, uh, that knock really on wood were passed. So it, it was, you know, a, a really good entry and definitely a sign of the times. Yep. And another uh, campaign I was pleased to see when was the best in nonprofit. That was CAA, the AAPI Equity Asian American Studies Department, San Francisco State University and Fence and Communications, the one for Stop AAPI Hate, another unfortunate thing that we've been seeing over the past couple of years and I'm very pleased to see that win um, and a great piece of work. In terms of uh, the agencies, Frank, I suppose the other the sort of big newsy thing this week and relating to what we were talking about with Ukraine and Russia is a lot of the holding companies pulling out of Russia and, and, uh, and even Edelman sort of stopping work with its affiliates over there. Yeah, at this point, it, it kind of feels like, I mean, not just this industry, all of them, you know, everybody but but Coke Industries has decided it's a good idea to pull out of Russia. Um, and so, uh, you know, all of the holding companies kind of just one after the other this week. I think WPP pulled out last week. Uh, we're followed by Publicis early in the week, Omnicom today, uh, and IPG earlier in the week, too. And I, um, you know, it, it, the letter that Interpublic CEO uh, wrote to staff about why they were doing it and the concerns and, and, you know, his thought process. I thought that was really important for him to do that and for the company to do that and a really smart thing for them because it, it, you could almost kind of, I don't want to say it was agonizing, but it was, you could, you could really see how, how he was making this decision in his head. And, um, you know, I, I think his employees will probably have much more appreciation for that after reading that than they would have if it was just like a, a two-sentence statement. Yeah, and, um, you know, an unwinding business is not easy. So, you know, I think um, it's probably easier for services companies than it is for, say, a bank like J.P. Morgan or, you know, um, someone who's doing manufacturing over there like Intel or something like that. So I think it's a little easier for the professional services firms. We've seen that Accenture and Deloitte also uh, pull out as too. So, um yeah, we've clearly that's an ongoing story, and we re, we really hope that there's going to be some resolution, and that the people of Ukraine are going to is going to see an end in sight to their suffering. But um, unfortunately, it's not looking terrific at the moment. So we'll we'll, we'll monitor that on the podcast. Um, in terms of individual awards, it was nice to see uh, Weber Shandwick's Joy Farbacolo win the Outstanding Agency Professional, and uh, JC Lapierre at PwC winning In-House Pro. And um, as we mentioned, Josh Ernest at United Airlines earlier, they won the best in employee engagement. Again, that was a vaccine requirement initiative activation. So uh, that was uh, another one that really reflected the last couple of years. The MasterCard and, and Ketchum True Name campaign is, 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 is a really fantastic piece of work. MasterCard will now allow transgender people to use their chosen names on credit cards. In an effort to fight discrimination, the company is introducing the True Name card. That means the name on the credit card owned by a transgender person may be different than what's on their birth certificate or driver's license. What I like about that one, Frank, is that MasterCard kind of stepped in when none of the banks would back this, right? So they just said, well, we're going to do it anyway. And then the banks eventually picked it up, which I think is genuinely sort of change making, right? And that's the sort of work that we, we like to see honored. 
Yeah, I completely agree. And and it's uh, you can definitely see the way that marketers uh, responded to the big newsy topics of the past few years and, you know, decided where they could make positive change for their customers and for their employees. Uh, you absolutely see that in this MasterCard campaign, which I thought was very smart and very well thought out. But you, you really see it across the board with the winners this year. Yeah. Yeah, that MasterCard won in Best in Creative Excellence and Best in Multicultural Marketing. And a few others that stood out. It was good to see Bo Spar win with Curtis Spara and the team. They were having a good evening. So they, they did well with Unistella and the, taking that to new heights. Mike Worldwide won uh, with Deloitte Global, Best Global Efforts, which is good to see as well. Just a great – I always like it when there's a nice spread – of different winners um, because it shows the depth and breadth of the industry. So uh, lots of um, lots of great work. Pampers and MSL, um, good to see MSL back on the podium winning uh, with that. And Wendy's and Ketchum, VML, YNR and Spark Foundry, super Wendy's world. Alida, one of the trends we see is, is kind of advertising agencies getting involved in earned media, and that's a trend we've seen for a number of years. Even even the Ad Council was uh, got a couple of honourable mentions, and it it just shows that the the practice of PR, if you like, has spread way beyond the, the traditional confines of PR uh, professionals and agencies, it, and it's becoming mainstream now. These ideas are, you know, these are these are what modern communications and marketing are all about. Yeah, I think it really demonstrates how, uh, you know, connecting and how you connect with people is really what matters. And that goes beyond spending advertising dollars, you know, on earned media for commercials and such. You you know, it's about the influencers that you bring on or the organizations that you partner with. <clears throat> I apologize again. <laughs> this uh this podcast when we did it in the office, uh the video was always uh, very shall we say, revealing as to the state of us after a night at the PR Week Awards. So uh, so, so don't worry about it. Um, yeah, Mullen Lowe was another ad, ad agency that won for Best in Data Insight for its work with Monster. And uh, and then there was some interesting work with uh, General Motors winning a couple, supported by Fleischmann, Hillard and Weber Shandwick, won uh, Best in Influencer in, Impact. So, And good to see Day One Agency winning for its work on Chipotle, very creative agency, um, just up the road from us in Chelsea. So, uh, yeah, just a really great spread of winners. And um, what, would you, what would your takeaway be from your first PR Week Awards in person, Alida? Hmm, that's actually kind of a hard question because there was just so much it was so much after, you know, two plus years of not seeing too many people face to face to be in a huge bar ballroom with almost 700 people um, was a little overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was great to be able to to see everyone um, and really connect and, you know, put names to faces and realize that you have a little bit more in common than just um, someone trying to pitch you an idea and you deciding whether or not their story will end up on, you know on our uh, homepage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a people business at the end of the day. And, you know, uh, when you can put the faces to the names, it really, really does make a difference. And um, so it was it was a lot of fun. It was good to see Moderna win for the outstanding in-house team, again, reflecting the last couple of years. So that was uh, another good one. And, Frank, what, what about the NASDAQ ceremony? We've done a few of those, but that was 
uh, always nice to be back on the Jumbotron up in Times Square. And um, I had a fun ceremony on, at the closing bell on uh, Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, it was good. Um, and, and always nice to be up there and doing the outdoor photos in uh, nicer springtime weather than uh, the usual, like 10, 15 degrees. So that helped too. Um, but, it, you know, a really cool experience. So glad we got to do it. Yeah. And what will your biggest takeaway be? You've done a few of these PR Week Awards. What's your What will your biggest takeaway be from the evening? Well, this is this is a really unique one because it's the first one in three years, the first live one in three years. And I, look, I think everybody did the best they can, not just with the PR Week Awards, but with all kinds of virtual events for a few years. But this is, it's really special to be the first big award show back in person. And, um, you know, to get 700 people there, it's just, it's, it's tremendous. And so it, it was a really good experience to see everybody and to uh, see everybody get to see each other too. It really was. It was a fantastic evening, and I think everybody appreciated it. I'm going to just echo some of the comments I made last night. Thanks to everyone on the PR Week team and the Haymarket Media teams for just getting through the last couple of years, and and you wouldn't have noticed, right, stepping up to the plate and delivering business as usual. Thanks so much to the whole industry for stepping up to the plate and really showing the value of PR. I don't think uh, communications has ever been held in higher stead, both in uh, in wider society, in boardrooms, by CEOs, and it's really making a difference. and uh, And we need the, we need uh, differences being made uh, at this time in society. So um, it's, it's such a fragile time, and great communication really determines leadership. You've only got to see uh, President Zelensky from Ukraine and what he's doing. A fantastic communicator who's u- utilizing you know, modern channels to get his messages across and just making a real difference. So we uh, we thank everybody for joining us. We thank our sponsors for help for supporting us. We thank the whole industry for supporting us and sticking with us o- over this time. And uh, we look forward to serving you up with more great content in future weeks. But uh, yeah, that's all we've got time for. So uh, we'll see you next time on the PR Week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the PR Week. To find more episodes, visit PRWeek.com.